to you guys um just uh like my brother said uh, i told him that it, there was a lot of reading involved in in the topic i'm covering which is the seven letters to the seven churches in revelation which was a vision given to john and uh jesus t- instructs john uh, to uh, write these letters to these seven churches and if you weren't here last week i asked our church to keep a couple of things in mind is do any of these letters uh, or any of these churches represent a little bit of, of, of our church? Are, are we in there somewhere? Uh, do, do these styles fit one of us? And the other one is to remember that this building isn't the church, okay? You guys are the church. So, you know, without, with, without this building, I mean, without us, this, this would just be a building, okay? So just keep in mind and also how how if any of these if any of these letters maybe the holy spirit lays on you that maybe there's some changes that need to be made maybe in your walk or and maybe we've gotten a little lazy at following god and things like that and and, and hopefully the you know i've been praying in the, that the holy spirit uh just moves within our church and i'm just kind of kind of going to go back and uh and just refresh and just um just uh, the the couple of letters that i've already covered last week uh, just just uh, wanted a refresher uh, and just let you know uh, what we kind of covered. The first letter was to the church in Ephesus. And if you all remember the church in Ephesus, they, they were doing a lot of good things. I mean, they were dedicated, they were determined, they were disciplined, and they were even very discerning in, in calling out people who were false teachers. But Christ had something against them, and he tells them, you know, you, you're doing these things. You're doing these things good. You're doing these good things, but I have this against you. And it was that they had left their first love. If you guys read a lot, you know, in Scripture, a lot of times when it talks about our first love is, uh, is 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 how we fell in love with Jesus in the beginning. If you guys remember when you you guys first came to Christ, and 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 you were so gracious and so, oh man, thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. But you know, a couple of years later, that fire turned into this little flame, and you kind of stopped doing the, 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 those works that you did from the beginning. And, and, even, and even in relationships, you know, say your marriage, in your marriage walk, you remember when you and your husband were first dating, he'd probably go around the car and come and open the door for you and let you in, and, and now it's just like, you know, technology has gotten so good that we just go, let yourself in, right? You know, we've gotten lazy. So kind of the same things, you know, uh, you know, if, if, if husbands, if you're guilty of, of that, you know, raise your hand. I know you guys are guilty of that. I know I am. But, you know, it, 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 Christ called for the, for the church in Ephesus to repent. He's like, man, you're doing these great things. I have this against you, and I'm calling you to repent. Go back to doing the things that you were doing before in the beginning. You know, whether it was reading your Bible, whether it was going out and doing uh, a fellowship or going out and do and, and and you know what kind of what my brother George does here and go, he goes out and feeds the homeless and shares the gospel with them you know that's great I'm wondering how many of you guys are out there with George you know if you if you guys aren't I encourage you to do so 
You know, we were we were made to do that, that that kind of stuff. But that's kind of what he's telling the church in Ephesus. He gives them a warning, however, and he tells them, "Look, if you guys don't repent, I'm going to come and remove your lampstand. Basically, I'm going to disband you guys, or just you guys are just going to stop existing." Okay. But he gives them a promises. He says, "For those who uh, endure, for those who, who who persevere, he was going to give them the, the right to eat from the tree of life." So that's what he shares with, with Ephesus, you know, and, and remember, keep in mind uh, and, and God willing, the Holy Spirit lets you know where, where we are at as a church and, and, uh, and, and, and lets you guys move, okay, in the direction of, of where, he wants us, where he wants us to go with our church. Uh, the second letter was to Smyrna. Smyrna, uh, just a, a, a church that was going to be persecuted. Christ warns them that they're going to, uh, Satan's going to come and put some of y'all in prison, and it's going to probably last for about 10 days, but for Endor, uh, he, he was encouraging them to be fearless, uh, fearless to even the point of death. And, uh, and he tells them, you know, that, I mean, some of the examples that I brought up was, uh, you know, we don't see that too much here in America because, you know, we, we have government we have laws and and right now guys we, we are not being persecuted there's nobody you know that's coming to our church and dragging us out and beating us up and and beheading us like there are in the middle east like they are you know in other parts of the country where that stuff is forbidden you know and china is one of them as well where it's illegal for you to own a bible and you know thank god that hasn't came to the united states but i also think that's part of what makes us not to have that passion is that I think a lot of us would be different if, if we're looking down the barrel of a gun and people are asking us if, if you're a believer or not and would you deny Christ? Um, so thank God for that. But he, he also gives them a promise. He tells them that he's going to give them the crown of life for them who, who persevere and, 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 who, and who just go through that time of tribulation and, and come out on the other end. The third letter was to the to the church in Pergamos. Uh, that was a that church. Remember, was a, a it was called the compromising church because they had felt really how do you say um, they let sin come into their church and it wasn't a big deal to them. Basically, it wasn't addressed. Uh, there was a, they were eating the meats of of of, of uh, that were of, of animals that were being offered up for. Uh, for uh, for for idols, and it was against the law, and uh, and then uh, um, it uh, God also gives them a warning, and it says uh, that He would come to them and fight them uh, against uh, against with them with the sword of His mouth, and for the promise He told them that He would give them hidden manna, a white stone, and a new name for the for the people in that church that endured. And the fourth letter was for uh, the the church in Thyatira and that church was labeled the adulterous church where the same thing kind of the same thing was going on they had let this uh, uh, pro uh, prophet prophetess uh, come in and she was um, just uh, leading people to uh, follow false idols and uh, sexual immorality within the church and he gives them a warning as well uh, she said indeed I will cast her into a sick bed whether taking figuratively or literally, guys, uh, we should take those, those, those warnings, you know, don't take them lightly. And it says that, um, 
the promise was that to him who overcomes and does his will till the end, I will give authority over the nations. He will rule with them with an iron scepter and he will dash them to pieces like pottery. Just as I have received authority from my father, I will also give him the morning star. So to that church, he promises three uh, these blessings. Uh, includes authority over the nations, victory over all enemies, and the morning star, with the, of course, is Jesus Christ. And that he would go, and that that church will go with him forever. Uh, which leads us now to the fifth letter, and that's where I stopped right there, which was uh, to the church in Sardis. And that church was labeled a, a dead church. And let's kind of read what, uh, if you want to join me in Re Revelation chapter 3. Let's kind of read what they were all about. If you want to turn there. It says, And to the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things say, He who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have the, a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in, in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments, and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So what was going on in this church? They had a reputation for being this live church, but in reality, spiritually, they were a dead church. Uh, there was some non-believers there that just wasn't causing the, the church to grow wasn't causing the church to be spirit-filled, and I seen somebody standing at the door. <laughs> come in, come in. Um, and it's and, G, and Jesus clearly and quickly con, uh, uh, condemns their their state. With with the other letters, he kind of tells some of the churches that they're doing some things that were right, and they were doing some great things. But with the Sardis, uh, the church in Sardis, he just automatically goes into telling them. Uh, that they are a lifeless church. It says, I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, but you are dead. And it says, this church may have had a good reputation, but where they were at spiritually, it was lifeless. In other words, they were filled with unsaved people going through the motions of religion. And guys, I, I, you know, I know some of you guys are just visiting and you have your own churches, but anybody, it, it can be acceptable to that. I mean, uh, just going to the motions of just religion and just one of the main things that, that I was preaching on last week was that, you know, we may, we, it's bad that if we get into a routine of just doing church and coming to church, we think doing church is just coming here in this building, accepting a message, and then you go on your merry way and you do nothing with that message. That's not how it's supposed to work. That's not how it's supposed to work, guys. Um, and we can get into, any church can get into that, that same um, repetitious style of, of, of doing church, uh, which is totally wrong. And it says, so Jesus cl uh, clearly condemns them 
and says um, and, and and tells them that they're that they're lifeless and they're just going through the motions of religion. But he and he also tells them to repent. It tells them to wake up. It says, "Wake up, strengthen what remains, because it's about to die. For I have found your deeds uh, complete, not found your deeds complete in the sight of God." And it says, "Remember therefore what you have received." And heard, obey, obey it, and repent. And then it says, um, uh, Jesus notes the judgment uh, also of what is to take place if they don't repent. It says, if you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know what time I will come to you. Uh, and it's basically saying that a dead church and one who does not bother to repent, God will come and deal with it in his own way. Um, after the warning, however, he does encourage some of the people. It says, Yet you have still a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their clothes, meaning that they have not gotten involved in any type of sin that was going on with the church. You know, there, just because certain people are doing things within a church, it doesn't include everybody. And, and that's one of the greatest things that I am thankful for with Christianity, that your relationship with God is your relationship with God. Okay, that's one of the greatest things because, you know, it, it, your sins are not my sins. My sins are not your sins and you're responsible for you. You know, one of the things that I stole from a, a friend of mine uh, was uh, uh, on raising kids. He, he kind of gave me this quote and it stuck with me ever since. And uh, we we're just talking about raising our kids. And he goes, you know, if I can teach my kids to be three things, dependent on God independent from me and responsible for their actions man, that would be awesome which is man it's real simple it sounds real simple but you know that's that's what i wish for my kids make them dependent on god hey if i taught you to be dependent on god and not on me that's awesome independent from me meaning go out and earn your living don't come mooching off of me and uh and responsible for their actions that's it and it's the same thing with our walk. You know, when we're standing in front of God, he's going to tell us, what did you do with my son Jesus? That's it. What did you do with him? I'm not asking that person. I'm asking you. And what are we going to say to that? You know, God willing, we're going to have good answers, great answers. And our lives maybe show that. All right? All right. So then he, he tells them that he's going to discipline them in his own way. And then the promise, guys, the promise was... Uh, that for the people who weren't involved in sin within the church, um, he told them that they will walk with me dressed in white for they are worthy. The faithful remnant had not spoiled their garments and they had not participated in sin and they were worthy to walk with him. And it says um, in First Thessalonians 2.12, um, it says to be worthy or is to match up um, with something. The profession of faith in the mouth had to match the reality of the faith in their heart, which is not only are you talking the talk, but are you walking the walk, basically. Um, so G Jesus also makes a final promise to them. He says, he who overcomes will, uh, will, like them, be dressed in white and will never be blot out, and he will never blot out the name of, of, of theirs in the book of life. But he will acknowledge them by name before his father and his angels. 
Yeah, that is so awesome. Uh, the next, uh, the next church, guys, was uh, for the, for the next letter was for, to the church in Philadelphia, and that was labeled the Faithful Church. And uh, let's let's go there. That's in uh, same chapter three, and it's verse seven. It says, "And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write these things: uh, He who is holy and who is true, he who has the key of David, and he who opens uh, no one." No one shuts, and shuts, and no one opens. I know your works. See, I have, set, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, and have kept my word, and have not denied my name. Indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan, who say they are Jews and are not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet and to know that I have loved you, because you have kept my command to persevere. I also will keep you from the hour of trial which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So to the faithful church in Philadelphia, man, apparently these guys had it going on. He was even telling them that he was going to come and take care of their enemies for them. Right, he tells them and he encourages them regarding their future, uh, their future as well. You know, it says, "I will make those who are in the synagogue of Satan who claim to be Jews, I will make them uh, some fall at your feet and acknowledge that I loved you." Those who persecuted the believers, uh, which were the persecutors, uh, were religious hypocrites. In this case, uh, would one day realize Christ loves His children. The Church of Philadelphia would be victorious over its enemies. And Jesus also encourages them regarding their future coming by saying, Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is going on to come upon the whole earth and to test those who live on the earth. I am coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. The church's faithful endurance would serve as a blessing. Jesus will take them to be with him before the coming tribulation. You know, you know the tribulation that's coming, guys. You know, and if you guys have studied Revelation, when the Antichrist comes and rules, and the things that are to come, you know, there's two there's two views that that uh, a lot of theologians and, and a lot of believers have is that a lot of them believe that we will not see that judgment to come because Christ is going to come and rapture His church, and the other one is. That some people think that that's we're going to have to go through some of the tribulation, and then Christ is going to come, come take us. Uh, in this case, you know, he's telling the church of Philadelphia that they're not going to see any of that. He's going to come back and rapture them before any of that ever happens. And that's where a lot of the people um, ha have uh, put their faith on is, is that that's what's going to happen. Why would he spare us from judge, uh, love us, and, and when we accept him as Lord and Savior? if he's not gonna spare us from that judgment. So, 
Jesus provides a final, a final promise to them as well and to all the believers. It says, him, him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will he leave it, and I will write on him the name of my God, on the name of the city of my God in the new Jerusalem, which is coming down from heaven from my God. And I will also write on him a new name. There was a guy named Professor Thomas, and he noted it says, God promised that he would not just honor overcomers by erecting a pillar, a pillar in their name, but that he would also, um, in, 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 in Philadelphia, it was custom that the, that the pillars, uh, he would make them pillars in the spiritual temple of God of the New Jerusalem. And um, if you guys uh, know, there, there was a, there was a, a, uh, a sermon I did a while back, and it, it was kind of funny because it brought out two two different people of, of, of that come to church, and it was talking about how some people are the pillars of the church, this this church stands on. You know, they're the faithful that come that that are that are getting involved and who are using their gift to be the church, and then there's also the other pillars, which were they call them the caterpillars. And he goes, those are the ones that squirm in on Sunday morning. And they squirm back out on Sunday uh, morning, and you don't see them again until the following week. <laughs> so those are the two different kind of pillars that I was talking about. So it just brings that back to mind when I was reading this. Um, and the last, the last letter, guys, was to the, to the church in Laodicea, and that was uh, labeled the lukewarm church. Um, a lot of uh, sermons that came out of this specific letter um, and I'm guessing this just because, you know, when it comes to when it comes to Christ, guys, you you're either one or the other. You're either all in because you'd rather have you not even be a part of it if you're just going to half heart it. If you're just going to half heart, you know, your walk with him. And, and it's with anything else. Even myself, when I was involved in sports, you know, I hated guys who just were lazy in practice. Hated that because... I knew how strong or how weak they were going to make the team. So my brother and I would always get on these guys because they just didn't take it serious. And it's the same thing with our walks. If you look at the, the lukewarm church in Laodicea, in uh, verse 14, it says, uh, And to the angel of the church in Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen and the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works. That you are neither hot, or you neither cold nor hot. I could wish you were cold or hot. Uh, so, so then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth, because you say I am rich, and I have become wealthy, and I have need for nothing, and do not know what you that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire and that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed and anoint your eyes with the eyes uh, with the eyes salve and that you may see as many as I love I rebuke and chasten therefore to be zealous and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him 
and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, as I also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Here, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So here's a church that basically is, you know, wishy-washy. And Christ basically is telling them, and I can't stand you guys. I wish you'd either be all for me or all against me because I don't like in the middle. You think it's okay to follow me, but hey, I want to be sinning too. That's not the way it works. That's not the way God works. It can't be that way. And he just makes him sick to his stomach. I mean, I can give you a little history about the, the church in Laodicea, but there was these, the reason, it, it was uh, part of the reason they were called the lukewarm churches, there was these aqueducts that ran like forever. And by the time the fresh water got to them or to that city, it was, ugh. it had been sitting in the sun, you know, and probably had an ugly taste. And they were familiar with what lukewarm was, <laughs> was all about because of those those uh, aqueducts they had and people if people wanted fresh water and were to go have a taste from there you know it uh it probably just grossed them out kind of like if you were to you remember when we were little and we used to drink out of the manguera out of the water hose you know that if you didn't let it run the first taste was going to be all hot that's that's kind of what was going on right here all right that's what was going on right here so Here's the thing, Christ is telling them that he can't stand, he can't stand the, the sight of them or the way they're, they're, they're doing church. But yet he also tells them, you know, that he, re, that he, lo he rebukes those that he, that he loves. And we do the same thing with our kids. You know, um, I think we have got, you know, America has gotten so politically correct that even in church, you know, when we, when we try to speak to somebody who... Uh, you know, maybe maybe needing a little bit of that. Uh, it's not taken too too good. It's not taken too too well. Uh, I think part of uh, sometimes it, you know the, uh, people may even say, "Why are you judging me? Why are you <laughs> judging me?" Uh, and it's like you know, it's it's not judging if you see what's going on. You know, it's not. It's just discernment. And and guys, I I really hope and pray that that you know we're not like that. I remember when I was first a believer and I was playing church and trust me I know what playing church looks like so I can call it playing church uh, because I wasn't serious with God and my brothers would always ask me where was I at how come I'm late why am I doing this why am I doing that and it didn't sit well man I'll be honest with you it doesn't sit well when people try to correct you but man I'm so thankful for them um, I don't think I would be at where I'm at in my walk right now if it wasn't for them. Who? Oh, Holy Spirit's working in them. <laughs> ah, but, you know, I'm thankful for them. Uh, and just, uh, you know, why am I sharing this, this message with you guys? Well, as I hope and prayed, uh, you know, do you guys see yourself in any of those churches any descriptions fit you fit our church or you personally in your walk well let me ask you this if christ had john write a letter to you personally 
How would that sound? Would it sound like one of these? <laughs> Look, you're doing some of these things right, but I have this against you. But yet, well, guess what? All you have to do is repent. And I start doing these things again. You know, or the other churches. You know, I brought up the ones about idols. And it's like, you know, I was, I was telling them last week that, you know, we don't hear too much about, you know, animals being sacrificed and then us eating meats, you know, after that. You know, there's not involved in that. I said, but how about the idols of maybe, you know, your favorite TV show? Maybe your job. Maybe your job is your, is your God. Maybe your kids are your, your God. You know, if there's something that you love more than God, there's a problem. There's going to be a problem. Okay? And here's, and here's my, my biggest things, guys, is, is um, I think in America we do, we do church wrong. And let me tell you what I'm talking about. Uh, in Matthew 28, you know, right before Christ ascends back into heaven, what does he give the disciples? The Great Commission. What does that say? Go out and make disciples of all the world, right? Baptizing them in the name of the Son, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, right? And he tells them, instruct them in what I instructed you, and have them do the same, right? Right? He doesn't say, build a building, show up on Sundays, give a message, and then let's just live life that way. It doesn't work. That's not the way, that's not how it was meant to be. Okay? Here's how it was meant to be. You show up, we instruct, we get together for fellowship, we get together for Bible study, more instruction, and then we go out and let you guys do some of that work. But guess what happens? I'm not going to be shy, guys. Guess what happens? I'll tell you what happens a lot here in our church. Okay? Lee goes, hey, next week for my class, we're going to go out, and we're going to go share the gospel within the neighborhood. And I know more, more or less how many people go to Lee's class. Well, guess what? That day that we were supposed to go out and, and share the gospel, half of the people are missing. And it's just a few of us. I asked my son yesterday, because I was supposed to give the devotion yesterday, but I had to work, and I wasn't able to make it. I didn't get out to like, almost 11. And, you know, the men's breakfast was at 8.30. And I said, hey, how many men showed up? Seven. I'm like, that's it? Seven? So yeah, I'm like, who was that? And most of them are in leadership. Kind of tells you where we're at, guys. Okay? I'm not going to be shy about telling you that. Let me tell you why I'm not going to be shy about telling you that. Okay? In James 3, 1, here's, here's kind of what your job is, and I'm going to tell you what our job is. It says, let not many of you become teachers, my brethren, for you know that we who teach shall be judged with greater strictness. Trust me, if you've seen people up here preaching to you, we know that we're going to be judged when we're standing in front of God a lot more strict than what he's going to judge anybody else. You want to know why? Because we're responsible for your soul as leaders we're responsible for your souls guys but here's the thing a couple of years ago we went to a efca conference 
we took a lot of people. We came back on fire. My brother came up here and my brother shared, you know, El Camino is going to be about making disciples, making disciples. That was our whole theme when we came back. But here's the thing. You can't make, you can't make disciples if you don't show up. If you don't show up to things. You guys remember what we did immediately after that? Came up with this idea. Hey, not a lot of people are coming to Wednesday night Bible study anymore. Okay, watch you what? Let's go out and meet them where they're at. And I said, let's go have Bible studies in their homes. And, we'll, and if they want us to lead one, let them come tell us. The only one Bible study I heard that got up and going was the one Gabriel and Jeanette started. That's it. And Gabriel was leading that, which is good. Awesome. So we supposed to be doing. But I asked Lee, hey, did anybody come up to you and say they wanted to start a Bible study? I think there was an interest by somebody, but I don't think it ever happened. So we can't do it alone, guys. We can't. We cannot. You know, the other day I walked into Lee's class a few weeks ago, and he was, uh, I, I was, I was late because I had a flat tire and my wife was out of town. Uh, but I walked in and he's telling them about um, why is it that married people were outworking single people within our church. And I'm like, well, not only that, I'm like, older people are outworking younger people within in our church. You know, why is that? And here's your part. Hebrews 13, 17 says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. And it says, Let them do, let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. So guys, my prayer today with me just praying and really been praying for the past couple of months for God to stir that fire that we once had within our church guys and 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 I'm again I'm just praying that you guys really took to heart what I asked you to do it's where do you fit in any of these letters that were we we, we covered here is there some changing that needs to be done is there some repenting that needs to be done you know, the good thing is, is that God never closes the door. He leaves it open. And he invites us to change the things while there's time to do it. And I'll tell you what. Um, you know, if you, if you haven't, I, I'm, I'm not saying you have to, but, you know, really take a look at, at the people who are trying to instruct our church um, on where we should be. Um, Man, I, my heart really goes out to them because, you know, we are accountable for you, you guys' souls, for your well-being, for your spiritual walk. And we will be held with a, with, you know, with stricter uh, judging, guys. We are. So I encourage you, uh, as I finish, just to, to really use your spiritual gift. If you don't know what your spiritual gift is, Come talk to one of us. We'll, 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 we'll tell you some, some verses you can go read. We'll tell you to keep in prayer and see where God wants you to lead within our church. Come talk to us. We're here for you guys.
And uh, guys, I just again, I just pray that, that God stirs your heart, God stirs your soul, and the Holy Spirit be moving within our church, guys, so we can really get after it and do church the way God intended it to be. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you, Lord, for today. Uh, just thank you for everybody who was able to make it, Lord. Uh, just very thank you. Uh, also thankful and blessed, Lord, that you know you were able to uh, have a couple of my coworkers here with me, Lord, and it's just encouraging to see them here. And Lord, just um, may you just move within our, our church, Lord. May you just move with us individually, Lord. And uh, may you just also put us and and convict us, Lord, of, of what we need to be with you. And if we have been slacking, if we have been uh, a little lazy, Lord, may you just give us that fire in our hearts, Lord, to, to chase you with a passion, Lord. Uh, chase you with a passion that, that may be missing in our lives. And Lord, may we just get back into doing the things that we need to be doing. And Lord, we leave everything in your hands. Uh, I leave uh, our members here at our church, Lord, in your hands, and Lord, also our church, just that uh, may you just uh, always leave that open door for us, Lord, to, to fix the things that we need to fix, and to always find that love, and, and, and just be uh, loving also when it comes to correcting and, and things of that nature, Lord. So I just want to ask you to just uh, bless the rest of our time, Lord, and just also bless the rest of this day. Leave it all in, your, in the name of your Son, Jesus. Amen. You're listening to El Camino Podcast.